Hi, I'm your host Pratik Panda and you're listening to Impulse, the influencer marketing podcast by Philo. Here we talk to the best and brightest in influencer marketing to help answer all your questions from finding the right influencers to making sure you have the best influencer marketing strategy. So let's get started. Welcome everybody to another episode of Impulse, the influencer marketing podcast. Joining us today is Marissa Blackwell, an adventurous marketing specialist with an impressive background and over a decade of experience in the digital and mobile user acquisition space. Marissa currently serves as the influencer marketing director at Vibrant Performance, a dynamic affiliate partnership agency which is part of the Aragon Company, an award-winning performance marketing group. But before we get into the conversation today, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your preferred podcast platform. if you haven't done so already that's the best way for you to not miss out on any latest episodes welcome to the show marisa it's great to have you with us thank you yeah it's awesome being here and thanks for having me great so first things first give me one controversial hot take about influencer marketing i guess i would say that you could achieve your performance goals easier than you might think with creators and you can reach a much older demographic than you probably think on platforms like tiktok which have a reputation for being only for very young people okay that is very interesting because like you said right the popular opinion and what i know as well i'm not a tiktok expert but what i know is that it's a platform that attracts a lot of younger audience you say that it works for an older audience as well can you tell a little bit more about that there's been campaigns like that i've heard about not that we've necessarily worked on but you know like aarp i know has seen a lot of success with older demos on tiktok just as one example but also because we work with our current clients are all targeting like 35 plus and they're seeing success as well okay that's interesting let's talk a little bit more about tiktok right and you know tiktok has been in the limelight for all the controversy and whether it would get banned in the US or not and so on but why do you think tiktok is so popular what makes it different the audience definitely and the culture that they've started to build i mean you know when you look at other platforms like snapchat meta like instagram pinterest that you can go on and on twitter or x rather they all have a very unique kind of culture and community and there's social rules and norms that they've developed So I think that TikTok has just developed this very unique one and it's super engaged and it's very fun and lighthearted and I think people need that and want that. They want that entertainment and it's fast and and I feel like that is a very valuable opportunity for brands to be a part of. Got it. And one thing that I've noticed also and there's like a lot of content about this already is the difference in the algorithm that TikTok has versus let's say an Instagram or Snapchat. then one of the key things is that it rewards good content irrespective of your follower count right and you could leverage that to create more successful campaigns even with smaller creators right so as a brand is that what you should leverage tiktok for is it made to leverage smaller creators yeah exactly i think there's a lot of opportunity to do that that's what's so special about tiktok you don't have to like necessarily like spend thousands of thousands of dollars just because somebody has this many numbers of audience not to mention there's all you know the issue of like fake followers and all that stuff so with tiktok you can work with micro influencers nano influencers like all the different you know tiers based on your budget there's a lot of different ways to compensate those creators and those partnerships that you do have with those people but yeah to your point like at the end of the day just comes down to having like a really solid video that speaks to the audience you want to reach. 
Got it. And you did mention a little bit about engagement and then fake followers and things like that. So how do you identify who the right influencers are on TikTok, particularly? If you're a brand and you're new to influencer marketing, you're exploring creators on TikTok, how do you identify who the right influencers are? Yeah, so there's a few different ways. I mean, we like to reach out to creators on a direct basis. You can certainly use third-party tools like Fiverr or some of the other third-party tools that have networks and things like that. If you don't have an agency or you don't have a network, you can just reach out via email or DM them if you can get them to follow you back. And yeah, to start a conversation, just be like, hey, like we saw this post, we saw that post, we really like what you're doing, we'd love to partner with you. And so, yeah, there's a lot of options, I think, in the creator economy. Got it. A lot of marketers that I talk to have been a little bit conservative, especially from big brands, have been a little conservative if their audience is not younger audience, right? Because the general perception is that, okay, TikTok is great for younger audiences. So we did talk a little bit about how it has worked for older audiences as well. Is there some formula for that? Like, should all brands just believe in that? Or is there a way to really test the waters and figure it out? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we've done a few different things. A lot of our clients are very performance focused. And so the advertisers that we work with are looking for certain KPIs to target usually, whereas some brands are a little bit more open and are looking more for like brand awareness. I think ideally, regardless of who you are and what your goals are, you kind of want to do a little bit of both, maybe different ratios of the different tactics. But it's good to, you know, do a little bit of the organic, a little bit of maybe paid media. We do a lot of the paid media approach using user-generated content and just running things as ads and just seeing what works. And you can use that data to kind of educate the rest of your strategy. That's good. And talking about goals, I think it's a good point that you brought up because going back to your take about the hot controversy, you did mention that it is easier to achieve performance with influencer marketing, much easier than what people expect maybe, right? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because, you know, like influencer marketing, I think is still relatively new as a channel compared to, let's say, performance marketing, right? And it's not, I would say, a true replacement for performance marketing, but definitely getting to a point where you can drive better ROI. And in the past, most brands used influencer marketing more as a branding initiative, more for visibility. And now more and more marketers are trying to measure ROI out of it as well. Right. So talking about that, right, like what's your take um, on that? Why do you think that it's getting easier to achieve performance with influencer marketing? I guess there's a few different things. There's strategies with regards to running paid media, which is a lot of what we do for just looking across all of influencer marketing as an industry. I mean, there's also more and more of the affiliate models popping up as well. So, you know, if you are a startup or just a brand that is like limited with budget, you can find ways to work with more of the nano micro creators that depending on what product, you know, or brand we're talking about, you could just give them free product and to post organically. You can pay them commissions on an affiliate basis. You can do a blend. You can do like flat fee plus affiliate. And then what we see a lot of success with is we'll work with a little bit of both. So like we do pay flat fees to our creators, but it's much smaller. You know, we work with more micro influencers and then we tend to run those on paid ads on TikTok just to see what works and just get that data. But yeah, just a lot of options. 
So a key point there is that you tend to use micro-influencers as content creators. So it's more of a influencer-generated content, which then you put some marketing dollars behind it to promote using paid channels, right? Exactly. Got it. And there's this thing about authenticity in influencer marketing, right? There's a reason why it's working. It's because people trust the influencers that they follow and the influencers also tend to try to be as authentic as possible, at least the good ones, right? They tend to be as authentic as possible. So talking about authenticity, as a brand, how do you find that balance where you want it to be authentic as well, but you're still spending money, you want to drive ROI out of it, you want to get conversions out of it. How do you find that balance? Yeah, well, you probably hear this a lot, but at the end of the day, authenticity and relevance are really key. But yeah, the balance is tricky because, of course, you want to convey the brand message as well. You know, we work with banks, for example, or people who have banking partners and have compliance guidelines and things like that. So that's obviously a little tricky. You're a little bit limited, but you can still find ways to work with a creator and have them maybe come up with their own script. And then you run that by legal or, you know, whatever you need to go through. But wherever possible, it's really important to really collaborate with them. And just maybe you can give them some ideas like, look, our brand is looking for this, this and this. They want to mention certain things for sure. But what ideas do you have? Like, what can we talk about? What resonates with your audience? So, for example, if they're posting something like Spark Ads, which is like essentially boosting an organic post, which we've done and seen some success with, you kind of want to wear both hats, don't you? You want to wear like the organic strategy, but then you also need to think performance-wise, like what's going to work. But at the same time, you want to lean into your creator and let them tell you, like they know their audience better than anyone. So it's mirroring that with the goals of the brand. Like what message do we want to convey about that brand and what's going to work with this creator and where does that middle ground mean? And a lot of that is just collaborating with your partner. Got it. Makes sense. I think it's essential to try and find a partner, but you know, more often than not, when I talk to smaller brands who are just testing this out, they tend to try things out in-house first right till they get to a particular spend or they've experimented and think that, okay, now it's time to scale up. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is I've done performance marketing for more than 10 years, still relatively early as far as influencer marketing is concerned. But, you know, even I'm getting there with new experiments every now and then. One thing with performance marketing used to be that it was made for certain kind of products and certain kind of people. When I say certain kind of people, I mean, you need to have some amount of budget. Like if you show up with 500 bucks, it's not going to get you anywhere. Right. So the general perception, at least in today's date, is find at least 5K or 10K to spend on performance ad. And then you start slowly scaling it up and report ROI and so on. Do you think there is something like that for influencer marketing as well? Because I've reached out to influencers who've quoted like a wide variety of price points depending on their engagement, followers and so on, right? Like I've reached out to influencers who've said $300 for a TikTok post, the similar kind of campaign. And I've reached out to influencers who've said 15000 for a TikTok post, right? So where do you go? How do you experiment as a brand that's starting out? When we're working with brands, we try to approach them with a few different options. And one thing you can do is when you're working with maybe lower to mid-level creators, you definitely don't want to put, pardon the cliche, like all your eggs in one basket. Like I would not recommend, even though it's tempting to look at those like celebrities or like big influencers who are charging $5,000 or like you said, like I've actually gotten a quote for $30,000 for one post, believe it or not. And I was just like... Wowzers. 
you want to get variety, as much variety of different kinds of think about all the different niches and micro audiences that might speak to your brand or that you're targeting. What are those audiences? Who are those personas? Cool. So Marissa, you talked a little bit about ROI and the performance part of influencer marketing, right? How do you measure success and ROI for an influencer marketing campaign? I mean, obviously, there's the obvious ones, like if you're an e-commerce brand, for example, you could track conversions and purchases and so on. But is there something else to ROI that you should look at? Yeah, obviously, it depends a lot on the brand and the product goals. You know, we've worked in, for example, with some gaming apps and they have anything mobile gaming usually has like very specific KPI targets they need to hit. But yeah, across the board, you just need ideally some kind of a tracking platform. We have worked with people who just use Google Analytics and that can get you by. Even better is if you have a proper MMP that's going to actually attribute your marketing efforts correctly, hopefully, so you're not doing any guesswork. So for example, how that plays out in the certain tactics is like, if you're having a creator or an influencer post an organic post, they will you know take that tracking link that you can generate and you know you have certain parameters that help you to separate things out and you can they can put that in their bio you can even put it in comments try to be savvy about it we do a lot of paid media so you can certainly input that tracking link into your paid media and make sure the pixels are set up correctly tiktok has pretty great tools actually resources that allow you to share pixels between accounts things like that so there's ways to track those pixel events or app events in a way that downstream, you know that for each different campaign, for each ad, you can tie it back and make sure that you're getting that downstream results that you're looking for, whatever that might be. All right. That's very helpful because, you know, in the past, I've worked with a variety of different influencers and on a couple of occasions, they've not been okay to use a tracking URL. So they rather want to do a really very organic style post and then you try to map it and it's been hard, right? Like I've done that a few times just because I really wanted to work with that influencer. But the tracking part used to get really hard. One occasion, it was still relatively easier because we weren't really running any other active campaign at that point. But that's rare, right? Like you're running influencer campaigns also, you're running email campaigns also, you're running paid ads also. A lot of stuff is happening at the same time. And a lot of times you don't know, you know, somebody watches a TikTok video and then they open up a tab on their browser to look up the company, right? So it's essentially direct traffic, but now you're not able to attribute it to this video, right, that you put on on your influencer marketing channel. Have you seen that for some of your customers? I have not seen that yet. Just out of curiosity, the influencer, they didn't want to mention like link and bio at all. Like they didn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. I personally have never worked with anyone like that. Like most of them have understood that brand wants to track performance in some way. And, you know, if anything, the people that we work with are hopefully aligned on that goal. I guess this also comes back to compensation, doesn't it? Because it depends on end goals, right? Like, so if the goal is to raise brand awareness, then do you even need any kind of a tracking link? Like, maybe not. I mean, if you just want those vanity metrics of just how many views, how much engagement, you don't really need the URL. So I think that's okay. And if that's your goal and you can look at organic lift. That's very hard to do. Like you said, if you've got a lot of traffic sources running at the same time, but you could try to like steady out your other media sources and then do the organic post, hopefully big, maybe small. And maybe you see a little increase in your organics. You know, that can certainly work too. But generally we like to use the tracking links. 
Got it. Makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about scalability, right? This entire process sounds cumbersome. You're working with a lot of humans, which are difficult to deal with, right? There's contracts. Yeah, <laughs> so far humans. Actually, you know, we're starting to see a lot of AI influencers coming in now. Of course, yes. behind them are humans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so at, true. At, at the end of the day, you're still dealing with a human and that can yes, be yes. difficult, right? When we've been comparing influencer marketing as a channel compared to performance marketing, for example, right? It's very easy to scale up performance marketing ads. Whether it is going to be effective or not is a different conversation, but it's very easy to scale it up. How easy is it to scale up influencer marketing, right? How do you go from the first three to five influencers to maybe working with whatever, 30, 40, 50 at a time? Yeah, so there's a few ways to do that. If you're doing it on an affiliate channel, like, you know, if you're working through a network or you have some kind of affiliate program, depending on the scale or your reach of influencers, potentially that can be pretty big. It depends also on time frame. So if your expectation is like you want to scale in a week, I mean, back when I worked in mobile games, before this even, we used to like do burst campaigns on a weekend, for example. I don't know how people do that now. I think with influencer marketing, scale is a little bit of a longer play, right? Generally, if you want to see the results of not just scalability, you want to give yourself due time to get there. So I would say like one to three months, maybe. But if you're just running paid ads, in theory, you could start scaling. If you've brought on a handful of influencers that are all like, yeah, let's do Spark ads together or let's do these UGC ads, then you're scaling pretty quickly. You can scale like in a matter of days. So depends on how you want to go about it, but there's definitely options. Got it. Makes sense. Do you have any sort of specific examples of TikTok campaigns that you've done in the past that you can share and talk about? Like something that you learned in the process, what was good, not good? Yeah, we've worked with like a mobile gaming app, Discovery app. There's a few of those out there and they're a great partner. And we saw some really high engagement, like I think it was like 300% or something engagement rate from some organic tactics that we tried. But also we saw like really solid CPIs, like $5 CPIs, actually CPMs as low as that. So you can definitely get the performance that you're looking for. Okay, that sounds good. Any best practices for measuring success of campaigns on TikTok, any do's and don'ts if somebody's listening to this podcast and they're new and going to try out TikTok as a channel, do you have any tips and advice? Yeah, I think definitely expectation setting is important. You know, give yourself the time when you're looking at goals and content. I think try not to run ads. They always say on for TikTok, like, don't make ads, make TikToks, make it just seem like if it's just an influencer talking to their friend, like, you know, something organic like that, that just feels very real. Like you don't want it ideally to feel too much like I'm selling something to you. And if you can make it really entertaining, even better. And that comes down to who you work with and finding the right influencers. Yeah, I think that's great advice, right? End of the day, if you're really starting out, actually, irrespective of whether you're starting out or not, you want to try and make the content creation process as authentic as possible for yourself as well as the creator, because that's what's going to work for the audience. At the end of the day, that's what you want, right? I think that's great advice. So fun question to sort of wrap this up. If you could take out one influencer for lunch or dinner, who would that person be and why? Oh, wow. Maybe Elon. <laughs> I was going to say Elon Musk. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> He's always top on my list also. He's a very interesting person. Yeah, but I've got like really interesting responses to this question. And, you know, 
One of the interesting ones was the name of a chef because, you know, end of the day, it was like, okay, you're going to go out for food, right? So might as well go out and dinner with some celebrity chef. But yeah, interesting answer with Elon, right? And of course, he's a very, very interesting person. And there are a lot of people who are huge fans. I'm also a big fan with conditions applied. But why Elon? Why would you want to meet him? Yeah, just because he's made some good and maybe bad moves. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says or does. But first of all, I like Grimes, so I'm curious about that. <laughs> but also, yeah, of course, everything he's accomplished or working towards, I find interesting. I think X, there were some fumbles there, and I'm not sure where that's going to go. But I'm just, I've got a whole list of questions just about, I mean, if he wants to colonize Mars, that's probably a big one. Yeah, any SpaceX stuff, I would like to know more about what he's got planned. Yeah, I mean, just this weekend we were on a road trip and we've been talking a lot about colonization of Mars and it, that's going to really happen. And Would you go? Would you go to Mars? I don't know. I mean, I am very inquisitive. I would love to go to get a sense. I don't know if I can afford to go to Mars though. So, <laughs> you know, if people need individuals as an experiment, maybe I would sign up. I'm not sure. And that's the thing too. I'd be like, Elon, can you make it so that everyone could go to Mars. I mean, not everyone, but maybe like, just make it affordable, like Uber. That would be interesting. Ew. So interesting. And if you do get to meet him, I will follow up with you <laughs> to know more about these answers. And I don't know how many decades we'd have to wait for the price to get to that low point, but maybe one day. I do have a feeling, though, that, I mean, this is just random guesstimate here, but I do have a feeling that within the next 10 to 20 years, at least we would start having some activity on Mars, meaning somebody would land onto Mars. Whether we would actually get to living there anytime soon, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. All right, Marissa, thank you so much. This whole conversation was great. A lot of interesting nuggets of information. I'm sure the listeners would find it helpful. Thank you so much for spending time with us and I'm looking forward to catching up with you again sometime soon. Yeah, likewise, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you, Marissa. Impulse, the influencer marketing podcast is brought to you by Philo. Philo is the easiest way to get access to authenticated creator data from hundreds of different platforms. To know more about Philo, visit getphilo.com. That's getphylo.com. Also, make sure to search for Influencer Marketing Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast listening platforms. And don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Philo, thank you so much for listening.